Our speaker this morning is no exception to the standard of the past. Her name is Dr. Myra Perrine. Uh, Dr. Perrine is, uh, in addition to being an adjunct professor at the uh, at Azusa Pacific University in California, is a gifted author, a spiritual director, and a life coach. Uh, Dr. Perrine has a tremendous passion for helping people develop a deeper intimacy with God, and she has been uh, teaching about this, uh, instructing and encouraging on this theme for more than 35 years, which means she began just before she entered the womb, uh, from what you can tell. Uh, uh, Myra serves on the uh, staff of Church Resource Ministries, providing pastoral care and spiritual guidance to some of the 200 missionaries in 22 countries that CRM uh, resources. She and her husband, Dan, who I might add is the handsome gentleman in the red shirt right in front of me here today, uh, they together have a 24-year-old son, and they live in beautiful uh, Redding, California. Her personal interests include sailing and traveling. She never, she's always looks forward to coming to the beautiful Midwest, in the perfect weather of our Midwest. Uh, she loves, uh, she loves uh, worshiping her Lord and praying with people. And those who have known Myra well over the years will tell you that she has an contagious enthusiasm and a profound love of Jesus and a passion to see people reach their God-given potential. And you are going to taste of that this morning, I know. I hope you will join me in giving a very warm welcome to our new friend, Dr. Myra Perrine. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Wow. Uh, I'm already in love with your church. I've already had this wonderful amount of time with your pastor, and um, thank you for having me here. And I didn't even notice the humidity yesterday. My husband, who's from upstate New York, said, oh, it's humid here. And I thought, it feels great. We came from 97-degree weather in Redding. We hail from Redding, California, upstate, northern California. We flew in, and I thought it's so beautiful there, I would bring a picture to show you. I didn't think you'd believe me. This is Mount Shasta. We get to look at this mountain uh, almost every day, and we feel very blessed. But we also feel blessed to be here because our son lives just a few hours away in Madison, Wisconsin, and we have dear friends who are driving in from Michigan to uh, see us for the second service. But I'm most excited about the fact that when you all asked me to speak, I began waiting on the Lord, saying, Lord, do you have a special message for these people? I don't know these people, but you do. So what message would you like them to hear? And the message I sense the Lord leading me to give you this morning is called Daring to Dream with God. Discovering Your Inner Compass. So let's begin, shall we? Today, you know, I'm only going to have enough time to give you an overview, a brief overview of Dreaming with God. So I'm going to, um, I'm going to uh, start by answering four questions. But before I do, let me just say that the last time I flew into Los Angeles, uh, LAX, I, I came down the escalator, and there I saw this picture of Kobe. Got to have a picture of Kobe. It's coming. There he is. I know this isn't Laker territory, but bear with me, because I was stu- struck by the fact that 
right there it said, living your dream. And I thought, wow. I started to think about that. And I thought, you know, I don't think we give ourselves permission to dream. I think dreamers have actually gotten a bad rap because we think of them as fanciful or romantics, even impractical. And the things that we really, we really value are the tangible, practical things of life. So today, I'm going to try to give you a look at dreaming with God a little differently. We're going to see if we can look at dreaming with God like dreamers do. We're going to see if we can change our perspective not to see the world not only as it is, but also as it could be. Now, the four questions we're going to... I'm a university professor, so I, I've got four questions for us to answer. Are you ready? Okay, the first one we're going to talk about is what does it mean to dream with God? Why should I dream with God? How do I begin to dream with God? And then what might happen if I dare to dream with God? So the first question is, what does it mean to dream with God? And that's a question I ask a lot of people. And I get all kinds of responses. Usually people think it means using our imagination to envision us as something we want to be, like a rock star or an Olympic athlete. And um, some people say, I, I wanna, my dream is to own a house like my boss. Or I dream of having a wardrobe like J-Lo or whatever. One man even told me, my dream is to become a famous country western singer and sing in the Grand Old Opry. So I said to this man, well, Jeff, I didn't even know you could sing. And he said, oh, I can't. <laughs> well, you know, that's not what we're going to talk about today. In fact, that's just the opposite of what we're going to talk about today. That's what it looks like to live someone else's dream. But I love this simple definition of a dream. A dream is a picture of the future I want to live in someday. A dream can be something for your life, your family's life, your community, or the world. And of course, we're all familiar with the great dream of Martin Luther King when he said, I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. And that is a dream that was birthed from Martin Luther King's own heart because I believe that dreams are a treasure God has hidden in our hearts and they're unique to each one of us. Some people call this a personal mission, but I like to call it a dream because dreams serve as an internal compass that point us to our true north. They become our motivation and focus giving us a sense of purpose and direction, keeping us from a life of shifting resolutions because of the many pushes and pulls we feel from inside and without. It takes us beyond success to significance and becomes the integrating dynamic of our lives. Now, we know that we were created to live from the inside out in a divine partnership with God. And I love the way Pierre Wolf describes this in his book on discernment. He says, we think that somewhere outside ourselves, God has already determined everything, drawn a map that delineated our precise itinerary or drafted a blueprint that depicts the plan of our lives. But he goes on to say, if it were so, our freedom would be only an appearance of freedom. It would be only half of freedom because it would be merely the liberty to discover and accept something already decided by someone else. But it is our business to carve out our own paths within the boundaries of our life 
in a responsible manner with God. So let me ask you, what divinely implanted treasures might God have hidden in your heart that he wants you to attend to and nurture until they grow and fuel your life? Some of you might be saying, you, you don't really know my life. I barely make it from day to day, and I'm pretty sure God hasn't planted anything special inside me. And you know, I used to think that way myself. But I want to ask, how long has it been since you stopped and really got in touch with your heart? And ask the Lord, Lord, what dreams have you planted in me that are just little seeds that now need to blossom and come forth? I know in my life, many years ago, um, I, I just left a teaching position and a friend asked me, well, Myra, what do you want to do next? And I said, well, anything God wants me to do. And I wasn't trying to be super spiritual. I just thought that was the way, that was the way you got things done in the kingdom. You let God make the choices for you. And so she said, but Myra, what if God said yes to anything you wanted? What would you choose? And you know, it took me by surprise because I wasn't in touch with my own desires and my own dreams. And it sort of re made me realize I hadn't given myself permission to dream, nor had I had anyone else really give me permission to dream. And when I started to think about it, I felt scared because I knew I had to take a risk. But you know, dreaming with God involves risk, yet risk is a kingdom principle and value. I like That brings us right to the passage today that our pastor read. I love where the apostle Peter in this passage um, steps out of the boat. We've all heard sermons on this. But did anyone notice that it was Peter's idea to get out of the boat? We've heard people say he could get out of the boat and walk on water because Jesus called him and commanded him to. But I want to stress that it was Peter's initiative, that whole water walking incident, he initiated. And the Lord just responded to the desires of Peter's heart by saying, okay, you want to come to me? I can make that happen. Come on. And I wonder, why are we surprised when the Lord responds to the desires of our heart? Because the Bible says he will. Psalm 37, 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. You know, he can afford to give us our heart's desires because once we've learned to delight in him and trust him, we know his goodness, and we, can, we, we trust him, and he looks into our heart's desires, and then we realize, gee, Lord, you put these desires in here to begin with. And the result of Peter's water walking was that everyone saw the impossible, and they worshiped Jesus, and they said, surely you are the Son of God. And you know, I think that's what happens with us. When we take what's in our hearts and we hold it before the Lord, and we say, is that you, Jesus? And then we hear him say, come. And we step out, and we take a risk. Then everybody gets to see God. They see the impossible become a reality, and he gets the glory even if we get wet because the goodness and the character and the power of God are just, have just been put on display. So maybe your dream is to take a vacation with your family. Does that sound like a good one? Or maybe it's to get out of debt. I think the political leaders in our nation, that's their dream right about now. 
Or maybe it's to have a better relationship with your mother or your son or your daughter or to reach all of Chicago with the gospel or to have an ever-deepening relationship with God so that everything you do flows out of a place of intimate rest. I know that's one of my dreams. But my question is, how are we partnering right now to see our dreams become a reality? I love this quote by Bill Johnson, who's a pastor of Bethel Church, a large growing congregation in Reading. It's kind of a long quote, so I'm going to read it slowly, and I hope you bear with me, but it's a, it's a great quote. So it starts out by saying, the normal Christian life is a partnership between God and each of us, played out in everyday living as we become a gate of heaven, releasing the manifestation of God's reality for those around us. He goes on to say, too many Christians have a one-dimensional perspective on this idea of co-laboring. They think it's a robotic interplay between themselves and God in which their will is dialed down to zero until his will completely overtakes their desire and thoughts. They see themselves as remote control beings, totally under the direction of a God who sits in heaven and works the master controls. But that is exactly the opposite of what the Bible says. In fact, our ideas and dreams have a monumental influence on how God carries out his plan in this world. We are co-laborers, meaning that apart from Christ, our work is not complete. But at the same time, amazingly, his work on earth is not complete without us. God looks to you and me as contributors to what he's doing, not as robots who carry out his ideas. Is that a great quote? Which brings me to my next point. Why should I dare to dream with God? I mean, most of us would say, I'm living a good life. I'm doing what I've been told. I'm coloring within the lines. I get to work on time. Why should I take on anything more? And I'll tell you, I think there are a lot of really good reasons to dream, not the least of which is because we were created to dream. It's, it's how we were wired, and it's part of the human DNA, just like we were created to worship. And, you know, we will worship something, either God or something else, but we got the worship gene from our Father, just like we got the dream gene from him. And, you know, I know this because we're made in God's image, and God himself is a dreamer. His dream involves creation, redemption, resurrection, restoration, and reigning. Remember, he was the one who called Peter a rock, Gideon a mighty warrior, and you and me, he calls us our, his adorned bride. And it's really true. We are part of God's dream. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's workmanship, and that word workmanship in the Greek, Greek is the word poema, which literally means we're like a poem, I mean, God is writing his message on our human hearts. And when we live out that message, God gets glory. Isn't that wonderful that we are a part of God's dream? But not not only are we um, created to dream and are ourselves a part of God's dream, but we dare to dream because God wants his planet back. I mean, he created it. He paid the highest price for it. And now we're the ones who've been given the assignment to get it back for him. The, 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 um, 
We, we spoke out the prayer today that Jesus taught the disciples, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we're the ones who bring God's, God's will, heaven, to earth. As we are carriers of his dream of redemption and restoration, where, whether it be realigning our lives with heaven, realigning our families, our neighborhoods, the world, our schools, our jobs, wherever we go, we have the privilege of realigning And that's God's purpose, that we live out our our God-given dream assignments. So whether we're raising children, and I just talked to Susan, who is potty training her two-year-old grandchild, even that, or if we're fixing the plumbing in people's houses or flying 747s or teaching school or leading worship or running for a political office, God gets glory when you and I live out the way he created us. And he hid the design inside of us. So we use our internal compass, our dreams, to figure that out one season at a time. Because as the seasons change, sometimes the dreams change. And then we suddenly feel very much alive. Like Eric Little, the great Olympian, said in Chariots of Fire, he said, God made me fast, and when I run, I feel God's pleasure. Author Danny Silk says it this way. He says, pretty much everything that happens on purpose comes from a dream. So if people don't know how to dream or give themselves permission to dream, they just end up somewhere with a job. They end up with a mate. They end up with a life that's happening to them. But when we learn to dream and then steward our dreams, building the skills necessary to step into the right opportunities, we are creating a life we want to live in, not just one we end up with. So let me ask you, are you doing what you were created to do? Do you really feel alive? And do you feel God's pleasure when you do what you do every day? Maybe some of us need to say, Lord, I haven't been listening to you or my own heart, and I've really messed up my life. I've sinned something fierce, and now dreaming seems impossible. But I want to say that God is the God of restoration, and he's here today to give you a future and a hope. Proverbs 23 tells us, listen and be wise. Live in the fear of the Lord always, for surely there is a future, and your hope will not be cut off. And I think it's just amazing that we can repent our way right back into God's dream for us. Which brings us to our third point. How do I dream with God? Well, first and foremost, we have to stay connected to the heart and voice of the Father as we dream with Him. The Bible calls this connection abiding in the vine, or um, it calls it being like a a tree planted by waters. And Proverbs 127 says, "'Unless the Lord builds a house, "'they who labor, labor in vain.'" Because we know that the only way our dreams will come to pass is if we partner with God. Hannah dreamt of holding a baby in her arms. Joseph dreamt of leading a nation. David dreamt of building a temple where the presence of God would dwell. But none of these things could have happened apart from the hand of God. So we have to remain rooted and connected. Or as the Apostle Paul prayed in Ephesians 3.17, that we would be rooted and grounded in love. Or in Colossians 2.6, it says, Just as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, drawing up nourishment from him. 
So I love this next picture. I lo- I'm a visual learner, so I've brought you some pictures. This is a picture of a tree in Angkor Wat, Cambodia. And I took this picture of this tree because I love the fact that the roots had gone down so deeply that it actually completely broke down the temple. And I thought, Lord, I want my life to be like this. I want my roots to go down so deeply in you that every idol in my life is destroyed. And I think of this picture many times. I hope you, you keep this picture in your mind because there are times when above the root line, life has gotten difficult for me. And I say, Lord, I'm putting my roots down in you because you alone can sustain me. So yes, when it comes to dreaming, first and foremost, we have to walk with the master dreamer, stay in connection with him. But secondly, we have to get in touch with our own hearts and begin paying attention to our dream clues. Now, God has given us dream clues, and I've included a list of dream clues for you, and I think it's going to be at the Welcome Center, or maybe it'll be handed out as you leave today. I hope you pick it up. It's got a boatload of questions, but here are just a few. When do I feel most alive? What can I dream of doing that would get me out of bed in the morning and keep me awake at night because it's so exciting to me? If I could invest the rest of my life doing one thing and I knew it would change the world, what would it be? Now, there's a bunch more questions, and I'd love to have you get those, pick those up at the Welcome Center. But after we've gotten in touch with our dreams, and I hope you spend some time with those questions, really answering them, even though it's a bit scary. I hope you write them down. That's another scary thing, isn't it? To write the dreams down. Maybe even keep a dream journal. But I want you to know I've been writing my dreams down since 1988. And it's wonderful to look back and realize almost all of my dreams have come true. And then after we write down our dreams, we have to commit our dreams to God and trust him for the outcome. Because we know that everything we want is not from God. Nor is it even good for us. But I love what Peter modeled because he asked, Jesus, is that you? If that's you, bid me to come. And so if it is Jesus and we listen in faith, then take a step out. We'll know. We'll know if it's from God. He promises that he will lead us. Psalm 20, Psalm 32, 8 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way which you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. It's his promise. He is going to lead us. So we wait. We hold them before him. And we say, if it's you, bid me come. Which leads me to my fourth point. What might happen if I dare to dream with God? And I say, just about anything. Let me tell you the story of one man's dream. And I get a little teary when I tell this story. So please bear with me. In March of 2010, I took my husband, Dan. That's my husband. He's down here in the red shirt. Come see him. Um, After the service. I took him to the airport for his flight to Africa, where he was going to be training some leaders and some national missionaries. And as we were sitting waiting for the plane, he said, I wish I were 20 years younger and knew what I know now. So I said, well, honey, tell me about that. Now, you you don't know this, but Dan is a retired high school principal. And after 33 years in education, he went on staff with an organization that did development among the poor in Africa. And as he had been going in and out of Africa for a decade, 
he developed a burden, which is a dream clue. He developed a burden for the children. And he said to me, Honey, if I had my dream, I'd build a school in Africa that would teach teachers how to teach students to think critically and creatively to raise up the next generation of leaders. So I told him, Honey, why don't you just hold it before the Lord and see what, what God does? He said, no, I, I, well, I couldn't take you to Africa, and besides, you know, we're too old, and blah, blah, blah. I said, no, honey, just, just take, hold it before the Lord. We don't know. We don't know if we'll have to go live there. We don't know. Just hold it before the Lord and see what it does. So when Dan was in Africa the very next week, he was in Uganda, he met the administrative bishop of the largest denomination in all of Africa. And as they were talking about education, this man said to him, Dan, we must save our nation for God by developing our children's minds to think critically and problem solve. Our schools are not doing this. Dan, can you help us? If you do, you have access to all our schools in all of Africa. And suddenly Dan realized that God was backing his dream. So he came home and he stepped out of the boat. He started his own organization, nonprofit called Advancing Leaders International that is developing the next generation of African leaders. And Dan's dream is becoming a reality. And when people see it, they worship Jesus. And they say, truly, Jesus, you are the Son of God. Because whatever you can do or dream you can do, begin it. Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. Begin now. So let me ask, what dream would you like to begin working on? It's okay to take small steps. Just see what God does. Because we have to manage what he's given us in order for him to trust us with more, don't we? And you know, when I was talking to the Lord about what he wanted me to share with you today, I sensed him saying something which I think is the key to the whole reason I'm here. I sensed him saying that he wants to raise up a culture of dreamers here at Christ Church Oakbrook. I think he wants to birth something. I think it's the reason he brought me here. I think he wants to release something big through you folks. And so I think that my challenge is going to be for you to start to really listen to one another, to God, to your own heart, and then to one another, so that we can support one another as that happens, as people share their hearts. Because, you know, as my husband said, he wa- when he said he wanted to build a school in Africa, I could have said, yeah, honey, too bad you're not 20 years younger. Or I could have said, when I thought about the personal cost to me, yeah, right. But instead, in that moment, God gave me the grace to not only hear Dan, but to hear God's dream coming through Dan. And I think that's why it's important to surround ourselves with a community of wise, experienced dreamers who can help us unfold our dreams. Because as one man said, the difference between passion and pathology is found in being in a community of wisdom. And that's the key, isn't it? Developing sensitive, wise ears so we can discern what God wants to do in us and one another until we become a community of dreamers cheering each other on, helping each other step into our full dream potential. That's my dream. My dream is to see you do that. My dream is to see Dan do that. And some of you today may have, been, may have spent your whole life supporting other people's dreams. 
and that's a good thing. But the Lord may be saying, okay, it's time for you to stop sitting on the sidelines and step out of the boat. It's time for you to really have enough courage to launch your own dream. You know, God prepared my husband for nine years going in and out of Africa, but the day came when God said, okay, Dan, it's time. It's time for you to step out of the boat. So let me close by asking, where are you today? Some here may never have come to know the dream giver. And I want to say, it's, it's time for you to come to know him because your dreams await you. And he is saying, will you step into the future I created for you? Will you allow me to show you who I am and who you are and all that is in my heart for you? And this can be the day that you start the greatest dream adventure of your life and say yes to Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Others may say, you know, I know Jesus, but I need a stronger connection to him. I mean, I need my roots to go down deep like you were talking about, and I don't really know how. And I want you to know that several years ago, I wrote a book called What's Your God Language? Connecting with God Through Your Unique Spiritual Temperament. Because I ran into so many missionaries on the field who didn't really know how to put their roots down deep, and I really wanted to help them. So I know this book is in your bookstore, and I'm, in, I'm going to give this copy away right now to somebody. Does anybody have a birthday today? Any birthdays today? No birthdays. Yesterday. This week. Anybody have a birthday this week? Okay. Okay. I don't know your name, but you lady, birthday lady, you come up. My husband's going to have this book for you, and it's yours. If you want it, if you don't, you come up and get it, and you could give it to someone else. Happy birthday. But some of you may be saying, you know, um, it's not about my connection with Jesus. I have a strong connection with Jesus, but the one person I've lost touch with is myself. I don't really know my passions. I haven't, I've been, I've been uh, chaperoning, I mean, uh, I've been driving the kids around, carpooling and driving the kids around so much, I, I don't even know my dreams. You know, I'm just a servant. I'm a dreamless servant. But what you've said makes sense, and I want to get in touch with my own dreams, but I don't know how. I brought a resource for you. This is my friend's book called Dream Culture, Bringing Dreams to Life. This is in your bookstore, too. I'm going to give this book away, too, right now. Anyone have an anniversary? This month. <laughs> an anniversary this month of July. Okay, sir, you, this, this book's for you, okay? Happy anniversary. My husband's going to have a copy for you. Um, bless you and your wife. I don't know where she is, but bless you. <laughs> so wherever you are in the dream cycle, I want to leave you with this word of encouragement and challenge from Ecclesiastes. It says this, Therefore, seize life. Eat bread with gusto. Drink wine with a robust heart. Oh, yes, God takes pleasure in your pleasures. Whatever turns up, grab it and do it heartily. Because everyone will leave a legacy of some kind. The question is, what will your legacy be? Remember, the world is waiting to see what picture your life paints of who God is. So live it well. Let's pray, okay? 
Lord, I thank you that you are the great dream giver and that you plant your dreams in our hearts. Lord, we don't even know sometimes that the dreams are in there. Would you help us get in touch with the little seed dreams that really need to be nurtured and watered by us? And Lord, we know that there are different dream cycles and rhythms, and sometimes when we are raising small children or or taking care of aging parents, we feel so far away from our own hearts and dreams. So would you help us, Lord, to get in touch in the midst of all of our busyness with our own hearts and our own dreams? But, Lord, in those times, we know that when we're ready, after you've been preparing us and growing us up, we'll discover a fresh capacity to uncover our dreams with you. And, Lord, we ask that you'd give us, that you'd help us hear one another's dreams, become great dream cheerleaders. When someone says something, they want to learn to fly a plane, whatever it is, Lord, that we'd be listening for your dream for them. So, Lord, we commit all of this to you. We ask you to take the part of what was said today that applies to us and just press it into our own hearts so that we are never the same. And we ask this, Jesus, in your name. Amen.